I've always said that uh, song service doesn't take place of the preaching, uh, but I believe it helps set the tone and set the mood and get us in a place to where uh, we can truly worship and praise a living Savior. And uh, certainly thankful for the good fitting songs this morning. Do continue to remember Brother Strode in your prayers. I know he has a desire to sing and he is struggling somewhat with his voice. I do pray for him, and uh, we appreciate Sister Janet playing her piano. Uh, she requested prayer last Sunday, and I know she still desires an interest in your prayers as well. So do continue to remember her, and we appreciate and love all of our piano players and uh, organ players, and we thank Brother Mike this morning. We do desire your prayers today that you would pray for us. I'd ask you also to remember our deacons. And uh, we have uh, a newly ordained deacon, and we appreciate and love Brother Neil, and uh, do pray for him today. Uh, today, here shortly, if the Lord will permit time, uh, we will observe the Lord's Supper. And um, it is always a very humbling experience as we try to come forth and observe his table, and uh, today I pray that we do that, and we'll try to speak on some of those things, uh, and our heart is leaned towards that this week. I have been and looked at many different things this week, and I certainly do not want to be scattered. It may come across as scattered this morning, but um, just pray for us that we would bring forth what the Lord would have us to. I've said this before, and if you've ever stood and preached the gospel, you've realized that you cannot do it alone. And We need the Spirit of God. We need God's help today. We want to take for a reading lesson this morning out of 1 Corinthians in the 11th chapter. 1 Corinthians in the 11th chapter. And we'll start our reading in the 23rd verse. 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter, and the 23rd verse. Paul, Apostle Paul was addressing the Corinthian church about the way that they were observing uh, the Lord's Supper. And he uh, was showing them instruction and correction. He advised them that he praised them not on the way that they observed it. But further, he says here in the 23rd verse, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you. The Lord had revealed it to him and showed him the order. He says that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he also he took the cup. When he supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, or New Covenant, in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do shew forth the Lord's death until he come. I want to stop there for just a moment, if the Lord might permit us later to read on. But as I was thinking about these things and what the Apostle Paul was saying, he began to speak to them and said that when the Lord took the bread, he said he gave thanks. And if you observe in the other Gospels that uh, where the Lord, it's talking about where the Lord was gathered up in the upper room with his apostles, it said that he blessed the bread and he gave thanks for it. And today as we come this way, I was thinking about as Brother Mike was speaking during Sunday school, he was talking about how that when he comes in and observes this table that is set before him, which here at Fairview Memorial we observe the Lord's Supper twice a year, and that makes no difference to me in a sense that I believe that when we do it, as he said, that we need to do it in remembrance of him. And that's why we do it. But as Mike, Brother Mike was speaking this morning, he said that he comes in and he sees the table that's set before him and it really begins to work on his heart. And my friend, this morning I pray as God's people that it works on our heart as we observe here this table that's set before us. Oftentimes as, uh, as I became a pastor and the Lord put us in this work and uh, I've told you before, there's, uh, we observe two ordinances. The uh, first ordinance that we observe is baptism, uh, meaning that uh, the Lord, uh, He saved your soul. Uh, he's gave you a, a, a time and a place uh, where He saved you. You know that you're saved. Uh, you know that you have an eternal home in heaven. I believe then that uh, the Lord has commanded us then to unite with His church. And my friend, based upon uniting with one of His churches, that He organized, it's a properly organized, a visible, local, independent body, and He's organized and He set up, uh, that then once you're baptized into that body, uh, then that you can follow through uh, with the next ordinance, which is the Lord's Supper. And this morning, uh, as we begin to look at these things, I want to take here what he says. Uh, he says, when he had given thanks. And this morning, I've, uh, this week, that's really got on my heart as we begin to think about giving thanks. I said earlier that we are thankful that we have the opportunity to be here today. And truly, what an opportunity that it is. As we said earlier, this is the Lord's day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And today I'm glad and thankful that God has allowed us another opportunity to gather together in His house that we might observe this ordinance, this command that He's given us. And as we come this way today, I pray that we always have a thanksgiving upon our heart. Now when we think about sitting down and blessing a meal, we think about those blessings of, of God that He's given us the bread and the meat and the drink that He's given us to eat. But today as, as we observe the Lord's Supper, I pray that we come with a thanksgiving upon our heart as the children of God, that our Savior today, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, is still seated at the right hand of God, that He is still there making intercession for us. That He is still seated upon the throne. That He still hears our cries. That He still loves the people of God. 
as we read about in the 17th chapter of John. And my friend, I pray that that chapter, or really even prior to that, as you look back at the 14th chapter, and the 15th and the 16th chapter of John, and you see the promises of the Savior. You see how He tells them, let not your heart be troubled. He tells them about preparing a place or an abode, a mansion for them. He tells them that, uh, listen, to, uh, there's a comforter that's coming. He's not going to leave them alone, but there's a comforter. He tells them uh, over in the 16th chapter, He tells them that it's expedient that He must go away. That the Comforter might come. He goes into the 17th chapter and He begins to uh, pray for His church. He prays for His people. Let us today give thanks unto God that He's still saving lost people. He still is able to save, as Brother Mike said. His ear is not dull. His hand is not short today. That He cannot save. He's still able to save. Today, let us truly praise a risen Savior. Let us have thanks in our heart. When we observe the Lord's Supper, see, to me, even though it's our responsibility today uh, to... Uh, go through this uh, 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 process of observing the Lord's Supper, it's still personal to me. It's still personal to me because I experienced His love. I experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit when He convicted me as a little boy. I experienced the love and the peace of God when He saved my soul. It's personal to me. It says that He gave thanks. He said, he break it and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took a cup and when he had supped, saying, this cup is a New Testament of my blood. This you do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink at this cup, you do shew the Lord's death until he comes. This morning, you asked me, why do we observe the Lord's Supper? Yes, we observe it to do in remembrance of Him. But we do it to shew forth His death until He comes. We show the world, we, show, uh, we have a thanksgiving upon our heart, and we do show His death until we come. So we continue to observe this supper until He comes. Which implements to me that yet He is promised that He will return. He is coming back. He will come and we will, my friend, continue to show His death until He comes. That those that may be gathered around us, those that are lost, listen today as we go forth and we are buried with Him in baptism. I, I hadn't just thought of this, but we're buried with Him in baptism and we're raised in the likeness of a new life, a new creature. My friend, we shew His death. You think about that baptism which He was an example of as He went and was baptized there of John the Baptist. And He rose up. And I heard a voice out of heaven that's saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And my friend, He set the example. You remember John said, Lord, suffer it not to be so. I'm not even worthy to loose the, the latches of your sandals. And Jesus said, 
suffer it to be so that all righteousness might be fulfilled. He set the example. And yet through his death and through this supper, he still set the example. And yet today, when we're buried with him in baptism, when we're raised up in a new creature, you think about the example that we're setting before the world. We're showing the world, yes, our Savior, that we trust in with all of our heart. We trust in with everything that we've got. Yes, we know that He died for a wretch like me. Knowing that I'm unworthy. We talk about all the time I've heard people say, and I, listen, I, I still feel that way. He talks about, Apostle Paul talks about taking it unworthily. My friend, this morning there is none of us that are worthy to take of the Lord's Supper. But my friend, because of Jesus Christ, and He is worthy. He is worthy of all praise. And because of Him, we're able to partake of the Lord's Supper. There's none of us that are worthy. I thought about this cup. thought about the cup that the Lord had to drink. I thought about Luke in the 22nd chapter. I want you my prayer is this that you might get it, what we're trying to do. When I was a little boy and I was taken down to the water's edge and I was baptized, I didn't fully understand what was taking place then. And for years when we observed the Lord's Supper, I didn't realize what was taking place. I want you to get it today. The Lord Jesus knew what lay out in before Him. The Scripture says at some point, I don't remember exactly where it is, but He said He faced His face towards Jerusalem. He knew what lay before Him. As He observed this supper with His disciples, and you'll remember the Apostle Peter said, Lord, I'll not deny You. I'll go to death with You. And Jesus said, before the crowd crows, oh, you'll deny me three times which would end up coming to happen. But the Lord Jesus found Himself there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says here in the 39th verse, it says, When He came out and, excuse me, when He came out and went, and as He went to the Mount of Olives, and His disciples also with Him, and when He was at the place, He said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared unto him an angel, unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, 
and was coming to his disciples, they found them sleeping for sorrow. As he found himself there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was about a stone's throw from his disciples. He said, stay here and pray that you not enter into temptation. And he went to the Father and he began to pray. He said, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but mine be done. My friend, our Savior, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, was obedient. He was obedient. He was submissive to the Father and His will. He said, Lord, not my will. And Father, not my will, but Thine will be done. And said, so an angel appeared to him from out of heaven, strengthened him. And being more in agony, he prayed more earnestly. As it were, great as it were, sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. I want you to understand this morning the agony. My friend, I oftentimes, I, I, I thought about this this week years ago. I, I used to think, you know, the Lord, He was just, He was, He was all God and He, He, excuse me, He's all God and He's all man. And I, I used to think, well, uh, I'm sure as a man there was parts of him that uh, didn't want to have to go through that suffering and all of those things. But my friend, even part of that, I, I don't necessarily agree with that statement anymore. But I'll tell you what I do think. I think as he was, he was perfect. And he was sinless. The Lamb of God. As John said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. And as he was in this garden and he was praying, something he had never experienced, the sin of all mankind he had never experienced was going to be poured out on him throughout every, listen, every man, woman, boy, child that's ever been born and ever will be born was poured out on him. Every bit of God's wrath was poured out on him. As he was there in that garden and he began to pray, angel of the Lord appeared unto him, strengthening him. He found himself in agony. Lord, not my will. Obedient and submissive to the cross all the way. But Lord, let your will be done. Lord, Father, you sent me for a purpose. Father, we know before the foundation of the world was ever created that I would be sent for a purpose. That through me, through believing in me, that mankind might be redeemed. They took the Lord Jesus. As he was there in the garden, the Bible says there that Judas who betrayed him, they come with a band of men. They made their way into the garden. Listen, Judas there, it says in part of the Scripture, I, I personally believe this, I believe Judas had an opportunity to be saved up to a certain point. But the Bible says the devil entered into his heart. And he sought to betray the Lord Jesus. 
I believe Jesus says, woe unto any man. It had been better for him not to have been born for him to betray the Son of Man. Judas betrayed him. What did he do? He kissed him, didn't he? Judas kissed the door of heaven. Had seen everything that he had done. He had been present with them. I believe he had been there throughout all the mix of it. I believe that's the reason why when he said, His hand that betrayeth me is in the dish. I believe that's the reason why they didn't realize who it was. What was his accusation? What was their accusation against him? If you remember, Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. I've examined him. I've looked him over. I've talked to him. I find no fault in him. Herod said the same thing. I find no fault in him. Well, what was they saying about him? That he is the Son of God. The Redeemer of all of mankind. They took the Lord Jesus. They buffeted Him. Which means they beat on Him with their fist. They tortured him. They mocked him, ridiculed him, but yet he never opened up his mouth. They plucked his beard hair out. You know the problem, you know the one thing that I, this has always bothered me. They spit on him like he was trash. They spit on him. Don't you suppose to me that's one of the most humiliating things? To spit on somebody like they're trash? But yet he still went on further. We sang that song, 10,000 angels. But yet He never called on them. Why is that? Because He drank that cup of wrath, my friend, and He loved mankind. If you remember... Bible says during those days that during the Passover they could release a prisoner. If you remember when Jesus come riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and they had the palm leaves, do you remember what they said? Hosanna, the son of David. But here they are, they're crying because those high priests and those Pharisees kept pushing the agenda. They had a mock trial. 
Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. After they had whipped him and scourged him. All of these things. He said, we'll release one unto you. He said, which one would you have it? Would you rather have Jesus of Nazareth, who I find no fault in? Or would you rather me release Barabbas unto you? Barabbas was a robber. He was a murderer. He was known to stir up riots. You say this morning, I began to think about this man, Barabbas. You know what that's a picture of to me? That he took my place. The punishment that Jesus received is what I should have gotten. You say, well, Barabbas was guilty. I'm guilty. We're all guilty. Barabbas was guilty. Yes, he was a known murderer. He was uh, known to stir up rights. He was known to be a robber. He done all of those all of those things. You say, well, Brother Casey, surely he deserved that. I deserve it. I still deserve it. But just as Jesus took Barabbas' place, you know whose place he took? Everybody. They took the Lord Jesus, placed upon him a purple robe, Gave him a, I can't remember the name of it, but gave him a, may help me, scepter, thank you. Gave him a scepter to mock him and to ridicule him. Purple was very costly, only the wealthy could have had it. They put on that that they might mock him. Then they took a crown of thorns. And I don't believe they just placed it upon his head. I believe they pushed it down and marred it into his head. Are you getting a picture today? The perfect, sinless Lamb of God. Then they took him and they placed a cross upon him that he might take it up to Mount Calvary. He was beaten to a point that you couldn't recognize him. He couldn't bear the load of the cross all the way. Uh, There was a man by the name of Simon Serene uh, that came and packed the load.
They took the Lord Jesus. He was laid down upon a cross. I believe Paul in different places and Peter refers to it, a tree that's a curse. We sing that song, the blood that stained the old rugged cross. And they began to drive the nails in his hands and in his feet. And they hoisted him up for the world to see. If you remember then, I believe uh, that the, there was a darkness that come over the sky. You remember the Lord said, My God, my God, why is there forsaken me? His father could not look upon the sin. I want you to understand today is I know what I am. I know that God has saved me. And I know what He saved me from. And I know this morning what I deserve. And I know that Jesus Christ took all that upon Him. Certainly today we don't. When you think about the Lord Jesus and His death, don't forget His resurrection. They laid Him in a tomb, had sealed it, had set guards on it, thinking surely we've got Him now. And on the third day, he rose victorious. They thought, boy, we've got him now. Finally, we've done away with him. We've got him now. And there he was. He come out of the tomb. And he's still alive today. I thought about this. What John says. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is Lord Jesus speaking, that you shall weep and lamentate, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Yes, this morning my heart breaks that my friend, the Savior of the world, that God in the flesh had to die for me. 
But my heart is overjoyed in the sense that he was willing to go. My friend, this morning that he loved me enough and he loved all of mankind enough that he was willing to lay down his life for me and for you. My heart is overjoyed this morning in knowing that because of what he did, his finished work upon the cross at Calvary, my friend, this morning my joy, is my sorrow is turned into joy. When you think about that cup that he drank, because we sing a song sometimes called Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Perfect love casteth out all fear. His perfect love. I think about what David wrote over here in the 23rd Psalm. I don't be patient with me a little longer. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Because of what the Lord Jesus done, willing to take that cup, that cup that was intended for each and every one of his sons. There's times that my cup runneth over. All because of what he done. The apostle Paul said that you shall do this in remembrance of him to show his death until he comes. If you'll remember what the angel said over there in the first chapter of Acts as he was talking to his apostles. I believe there was he called them, you men of Galilee. Lord Jesus had went up in a cloud. He said, why do you stand here gazing? Let's just go over and read this. First chapter of Acts. He says, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. 
He said, why stand you here gazing? I thought about what uh, revelation over here in the... It says here in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues which are written in this book. And if any man shall take away the words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from things which are written in this book. And he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Jesus' last words that we have recorded that John wrote here, he said, Surely I come quickly. And John said, Even so. He's saying truth, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. So we continue to show forth His death until He comes. We continue to observe what He done for us. We continue to observe what a blessed Savior we have. Why is it that your cup runneth over sometimes. You ever been there in your life and you think, oh, my cup is just running over. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Our cup ought to run over every day. I believe David said, he's taken my feet and settled upon a solid rock. He's pulled me up out of a miry clay and planted my feet on a solid rock. When the Lord Jesus saves our soul, that's what He does. He takes your feet and He plants them on a solid rock, a solid foundation. He walks throughout this life with you. He's a friend like none other. And He gave everything. He gave it all. that you might have life and have it more abundant. So every day, our cup runneth over. Lord, thank you for saving a wretch like me. Lord, thank you for giving me a home in heaven, though I don't deserve it. This walk, as David said, though I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, I'm just passing through this country. But the place that he has prepared, as Brother Strode said, his favorite Bible verse is, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what he has prepared. And he did it all for you. Isn't that what he said? This is my body, which is broken for you. And for you. Today, let us have a thanksgiving upon our heart for what God has done.
and what he's going to do. Let us not be standing around looking for him to come back. I can tell you this one thing. We'll know it when he comes back. I believe everybody's going to know. It'll be a shout like you've never heard before. So let us be about his business. Let us tell the whole world about what he's done for us. Never was. I don't consider myself a murderer. You know, there's a song the Primitive Quartet sang called That Soldier Was Me. And in that song, he said, I might as well have been that soldier. That's me. Today, let us examine our hearts. Let us be thankful about what God has done in our life, given us a home in heaven. At this time, I want to make just a few announcements. Here at Fairview Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, we want you to know we appreciate your presence today. If you consider yourself a visitor, we love you. We pray that you come back. But here we observe.